Hey, and then we're back with another episode of Food in the Hood. Hello, everyone. It's been a while. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's been a while. Yep. So, so a lot of things happened? have happened. Well, first of all, I graduated. <laughs> you defended. I defended. I defended my thesis. I submitted my thesis. I'm officially done. I'm back in Malaysia, living the life. So it's been、uh -huh. good. Yeah, well, it's it's a temporary life in Malaysia. Yep, yep. So、uh, I'll be here for I'll be here for a month ish, and then I'm going back to the U.S. I'll be starting work in Chicago. So it's a it's a lot of moving around, but I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, you、um, actually. So the funny thing was、um, kind of between this hiatus. Period.、Um, Amanda and I actually saw each other in person. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but we, yeah, yeah. But we did not record. <laughs> we did not record. It was very brief. I was in New York for Thanksgiving to see extended family, and Ben just came back from a business trip to Brazil. Right. Yeah, from Brazil. So there was、yeah. there was like a two hour window before I had to leave for my flight, and when he just got back, so we ate lunch. Wait, was it at Penn Station? Anyway, yeah, we ate lunch at this place.、Yeah. I was surprised was at how expensive food was in New York City. I was like a country bumpkin,、um, but yeah. Right, that was、um, say two weeks ago now. Yeah, no, that's a week. About uh, uh, yeah, a week and a, a half. Week, two weeks ago. A week and a half. Yeah. So yeah. that was、mm -hmm. when we saw each other, but、um, we really didn't have time to record or do anything. That was. Uh, extended require extended period of time.、Mm -hmm. I did get my stickers. So Ben had these like food in the hood logo stickers. Oh yeah! Did you put them、yeah. on your phone or something? No, not yet. <laughs> They're somewhere <laughs> in my luggage. Oh yeah, you're moving. Yeah. Yes. Right. right. Uh huh. For today, today's episode, we're sort of continuing a discussion that we had from before, where we talked about design thinking and food. Yes. Yes,、yeah. we. This is kind of a. How do we say it's a? We, we've been work workshop this for a while, like just on and off. We talked about this a lot、um, since actually the first episode, the、uh, part one of the design thinking episode. So we had a lot of more thoughts about it, and、uh, actually, both of us have been learning design thinking along the way with、um, our record、uh, our、right. uh, episode recordings. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for people who are unaware or who didn't really listen to part one yet, just to give you a little brief recap of what design thinking entails, I think this is a term that sort of originated in the industrial design world. But essentially, design thinking is a way to solve problems.、Uh, it's sort of a framework for investigating, sort of.、Um, Well, sort of finding out what the root issues you're trying to solve are, and then going through an iterative process to come up with a solution to that problem. And it's kind of weird、right. because when you say design thinking, it sounds like a very vague, overused term, and it's not a totally new concept that someone just came up with recently. People have been doing this for, you know, a long time, right? It's basically problem solving. But I think when you call it design thinking, it sort of puts another name on it and. Uh, yeah, it's a framework it's more, that people can use. Yeah, and it definitely it's a.、Uh, hmm, it's kind of difficult to 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 explain. Just say that design thinking is it's a it's a fancy name for something else. Yeah, 
but it's、mm. definitely something that has been practiced over time for sure. And you know,、uh, Amanda and I have shared an article.、Uh, she shared that in, in our chat was about、uh, don't call design thinking a myth. People have been doing it for a long time. It just never got coined with this term, or like a lot of the practices were not related back to the theory. Right, right. Because、mm-hmm. when you when you call design design, <laughs> people might conjure up the image of oh,、um, you know, if I'm designing, I don't know, let's say I'm designing a piano bar stool or something like that. Well, what color am I gonna make it? How is it gonna look like, right? But design thinking, sort of, when you call it that, it changes the way someone thinks about the problem. Maybe you're thinking about the user and what sort of why what. What sort of actions they're going to perform using that object, etc., and then you're kind of around around that experience. You're creating a solution and designing something for the end user. So it's just a different way to think、mm-hmm. about things.、Um, but yeah, you can yeah, check yeah. out our first episode to find out.、More. Right, we talked a lot about、um, sort of the、uh, the theory or how we think design thinking should be used, and、um, I think this episode we're gonna continue our discussion. Uh, we, we've kind of narrowed our scope down to、um, kind of imagine who we are in、um, as food science professionals and how we look back and thought that we could have been providing some these training to、um, our、uh, college or graduate school years and to better help us. In terms of、um, practice, food science,、uh, food、mm-hmm. either product development or research,、uh, right. in our current roles. Yeah.、Uh-huh. So I think when you talk about teaching design thinking, some people might say something along the lines of, "Oh, it's it's creativity and it's problem solving. How do you teach it in a classroom setting?" Right. 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 Um. Yeah. It it's true. It's it's creativity, but see, this is how I think about creativity, right? I think there are some expressive creativities.、Um, most likely, those would be、um, some type of artsy things that you do, right? So you're expressing yourself in a creative way. But、mm-hmm. I think at the same time, you can be creative、uh, to solve a problem, and the、right. creativity of solving a problem or asking a question.、Uh, Asking a question in a creative way could be trained, or you could have some experience that could help you to、uh, to to better be be more creative, for lack、right. of a better word, right? Yeah, that just kind、mm-hmm. of reminds me of in grad school, instruments are breaking all the time, and a lot、yeah. of times we don't want to pay like thousands of dollars to get someone to come and service the equipment. So we try to figure out a homemade solution on our own. Like that's creativity yeah, fighting, too, right? Yeah, you're fighting、uh, some of the realities, which is what you、yeah. constantly are doing in in everything, day to day job. Yeah, honestly,、right. I feel like in most jobs there is some level of Um, problem solving involved, right? And in、mm-hmm. fact,、um, when we talk about food science in particular and about、uh, food product development or、uh, sort of in that arena, I think a lot of food science undergrad education, usually by senior year, they have something called a capstone product development project or something along those lines, where essentially、yeah. uh, it culminates all your knowledge. And it, all the skills you've learned in, you know, chemistry, food processing, micro, culminates in a project 
where you design a food product from beginning to end. Right. So this is very similar to if you are in engineering. This will be kind of like your senior lab class. Right. right. So people would be able to、um, work in groups and apply a lot of the knowledge together, and the final deliverable.、Um, in our case, it's actually a food product. Right. So、With、something that you can label, actually eat. Packaging,、yeah. the whole shebang.、Uh-huh. Right. Right. So in some other disciplines, there might just be like a report or some type of uh, uh, like a like a little. Demo machinery. If you're in like mechanical engineering, you might design、mm-hmm. some some kind of pump, some kind of、uh, different different、um, you know, like a little little robot or something, right? So, but the、right. but the end goal or the objective of these type of things are the same: is to apply everything that you learned from、mm-hmm. that three and a half years or so、um, to to do a、uh, to simulate. A real life、uh, project that you would do in workspace, right? Do you remember what、uh-huh. product your group made? It was、I、a chickpea th- cookie, right? No, we made.、Uh, Didn't you guys make、oh, this like chickpea pita. flour no, pita, pita bread? Pita okay, bread. Okay, that might have、uh, been the made, other group. We made pita bread from um some um、uh, spent brewery waste. Oh so sp- yes, spent grains that were、yep. extracted. So high fiber,、um, right, right, right. Sort of a wasted、uh, stream. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, it was from one of my,、um, one of the、uh, group members. Her job, I think, the company still exists.、Uh-huh. Zia Ten, I think, is called. Oh, you、so、mentioned take, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they take、um, spent brewery waste and、um, extract protein and fibers out of it. So that's Basically, what the waste material for making beer.、Mm-hmm. Similar right, so, to like the whey fraction from dairy processing that used to be a waste stream, and then now it's whey protein. Right, right, right.、Um, right, but that's but, really but what's scale, really interesting. Is oh no, go on. Yeah, sorry. The, I I just said that you know the scale of it is a lot of smaller, and I think the um just the quality or the functionality of those proteins. Are not as diversely used as,、um, say, whey protein, because whey protein、mm-hmm. is really a winner protein in a、yeah. lot of ways、uh, in、right. terms of its functionality. Right.、Um, what I was gonna say is, I thought that's really interesting that you guys were able to essentially utilize a waste stream that has hasn't really been、um, used in the mainstream product development arena. So essentially, you sort of identified. You know, a potential there, right? An opportunity. Yeah, 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 and that was part of、um, the interest from from the from the company was to demonstrate some of the ingredient applications from、mm-hmm. um, you know our our project, some、right. bakery、um, baking applications. Yeah, no, I I find that interesting because when it comes to choosing a food product to make for this capstone class, I think. It's a very sort of interesting step because you know I don't know what your group did, but we sort of look at the market. What did you do? Did you do well, like a vegetable chips? No, 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 that's not us.、Uh, we made、oh. this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we made this sort of popcorn、um, 
quinoa, amaranth oh, mix yeah, yeah, yeah. snack. Like a, so basically, uh-huh. you can pop corn to make popcorn, right? But you can mm-hmm. also pop other grains. I think sorghum was one of them. You can pop a lot um, of things. Yeah, you, you can even pop rice. a lot of things. Right, you can, you can pop uh-huh. rice. Yeah, pop rice pops are really nice. But yeah. we pop... Um, we made this mixed snacks with different pop grains uh, that had this sort of like honey drizzle all, all over it. And um, mm-hmm. But the whole reason we came up with this idea was because we saw that there was a lot of interest in ancient grains, ancient foods. You know, that was the rise of quinoa yeah, around right, right, right. that time, uh-huh. etc. So we saw that the people, you know, consumers were growing interested in these grains and also... Mm-hmm. So there was a market opportunity there. And I, I feel like both your group and my group, we did yeah, like extensive that's, that's like research. What, I don't know. It's so, so this <laughs> is coming. Know. Yeah. Like coming back to design thinking a little bit. Right. So um, this is sort of the ideation process, right. To ask a question right. about what to make. And because this is um, everything is a fair game for that class. Yeah. Like you, you just have to justify why you make it so you can do anything that you want. But right. the problem then became that, you know, most of the groups, I'd say, just jumped on the very recent um, consumer trend. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether it was um, kind of a high fiber food or uh, some type of value added application. And in your case, it was a sort of a consumer trend. For ancient right. grains, quinoa, uh, I know numerous groups did um, back in our time, right? So that was uh, gluten free, was yeah. a big, huge trend, right? So, uh, and it was very interesting technical challenge to solve too. So that's why it's probably a good um, product development mm-hmm. project. Yeah. But then, and there was also some type of low fat or sugar reduction project. Yeah, which but is I think still the quite majority- viable. Right, right, right. They're all viable. And I think that those are actually, you know, similar to real life problems that people do solve in food companies. But I guess Mm -hmm. what we wanted to talk about was sort of this step is apparently the ideation step and sort of deciding on what kind of innovation route you want to go down is a fairly important step for food companies, right? Like they, because you think about it, this is at the very beginning of your project. If you decide to make a food product that no one cares about and no one wants to eat and you pour millions of dollars into it, it's not viable at all, right? So because it's so no. upstream, this step, it has very real consequences if you don't get it right so to speak yeah but i think that when we're being evaluated in um, product development classes i think typically a lot of evaluation is on sort of the technical uh, technical capabilities yeah like how well you solve the problem right but not actually not actually um how you define the problem yeah yeah how good of a project idea that was right right I can sort of understand it because after all, as food science students, we're on the more technical side of things, right? We're not really the business person who pitches an idea to management, you know, like fund my idea or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I think it's still sort of important to think about why we're solving this problem in the first place or if it's, Definitely. If, it's if it's actually a problem or if it's the market is already oversaturated with these type of products. For sure, like we're we're never taught 
anything related to it. I thought, you you know, because、um, all、mm-hmm. of the trend that we realized were part of our consumer right. journey, right? It wasn't part of our education.、Uh, part of it's because food is in everybody's life, and being in food science as a food science student, we were、mm-hmm. uh, quite up to date of what's been going on around the food industry. Right, which is a good thing for us to know, and it's kind of a default that you just need to keep up with the trends. But then there's lack of a thinking in there, right? To in terms of because we're just passively、uh, absorbing all these new trends, new knowledge, and, and consumer needs、um, without really being、mm-hmm. too much of an innovation going on in terms of asking a question. What would you want to solve in terms of, say, for example, gluten free?、Um, you can use a lot of different types of grains. You can、uh, add functional、uh, ingredients in there, but、um, like, there's not not a lot of. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but there's not a lot of true values out of it, because it was just finding another application、um, using a solution which probably has been. Done in other、um, applications or other type of foods, right? So what what I'm saying here is a very high requirement、right. for like a student project, but、yeah. but we're just for for example we're not evaluate too much on how we design this project. Yes, I well I also think when it comes to food as compared to other industries. Right, because food is so ubiquitous, and food—I mean, everybody eats. We've been eating forever, right? Your grandma cooks. My grandma's grandma cooks. They have their own recipes. So when it comes to innovation in the food route, I think that sometimes it's a little bit harder for people to wrap their minds around yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, like, okay, when you think about okay, when you think about energy, the energy sector. Yeah. Okay. You think about solar panels, electricity, Tesla, etc. There, there seems to be a lot of avenues for new innovations to happen,、mm-hmm. correct? Because it's something that we still have a lot of questions, I guess, about all those arenas because those are relatively new industries which are, you know, not that explored yet. There's a lot of potential, but when it comes to food, I think sometimes people might feel like. That you know, this is the final frontier. What else can we do? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's not a basic subject, right? Which you can change. You you can ask a lot of more. There's less boundary to ask、um, creative problem questions, right? To to find interesting problem to solve. Um, but but then, right, right. And I feel like at the un at the undergrad food product development level. It's a little bit harder to do the whole shebang of you know, well, what's the next important thing that's going to happen that we need to be able to solve, etc. But yeah, or or the thing is, the thing is, we were never taught to do so. Like we were not at that time having any resource to um to ask these type of questions, or we were not even guided that way, right? We're not trying to ask these type of questions, like. What's next? Right, 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 right. What should what should come、right. up? All we were doing was we were fed with a few concepts that were currently ongoing or off interest of many、um, professionals, 
that were pretty fine. And we're just trying to, the, the, the entire process was to test us how well we can actually uh, make these concept a wholesome project. Right. Which it, it, which is completely relevant mm -hmm. to um, to a real life job. Right. So so it's a it's a process that you just need to go through. Uh, and, and what we're trying to reflect here is that on top of everything that we've accomplished, there could be more to do, especially in this um, in the area of uh, how well we could design our project mm -hmm. beforehand. And if you're looking at the time spent in like figure out what project to do versus how long we worked on that project. It was probably two weeks, like three weeks maximum, um, figuring out what to do. And, you know, that was a semester long project. So another two to three months just to figure out what to do. Right. How to do it. Sorry. Right, right. No, I do agree that the food science curriculum at most places is very heavily, you know, heavily leans towards technical capabilities and less on the asking bigger questions and seeing what's out there and sort of developing this sort of curiosity and entrepreneurship spirit in people. I also, I think that it's a little... Yeah, right. I feel like a lot of the sort of spaces for innovation in food, at least, a lot of it, mm -hmm. at least from what I've been seeing, okay, is that it, it, a lot of it is in the agricultural sector, in the genomic sector. It is. And in a sustainability sector. So sort of the... It's more on the basic side. Right, on the basic side. And if you draw a mm -hmm. Venn diagram, I feel like sort of the intersection of sort of these three fields is going to be very important for food and for agriculture. But I think that is kind of lacking from our education. From a product side. From a product right. side. From product side. Right. Yeah, there's not a lot going product on Product developers don't really think about sustainability first and foremost when you're developing products. Unless, you know, your company is right. a startup that really, really, really cares about sustainability. But, but I would say that the majority of people who eventually enter their career that's not that's not the first thing you think about right exactly so sort of how do you encourage these types of big picture thinking in students from early on yeah you know i think design thinking part of it could be a talent right so so some people were exposed at even younger age with uh some of these entrepreneurship spirit with uh, uh, sort of a responsibility developed towards a certain um, either a certain subject or certain type of problems such as you know environmental mm -hmm. problems right so then you can connect multiple dots um, in your own discipline for example when you were trying to design a food product or you're trying to see how well a, um, a, a certain process work in terms of producing food right you will think about the environmental factors and i think it just needs to first of all you need to be very multidisciplined mm -hmm. to in order to ask very innovative problems right because to find these type of um, questions because if you were just in the silo learning what you're supposed to learn mm -hmm. it's very difficult for you to get to actually a point where you're able to you, you just can't create that much 
because you're not connecting all these dots. Right, because you're stuck in that silo. Exactly. Right, you're stuck in you're stuck in the whole idea of okay, now how do I make this cookie rise better next time? Yeah, right. right? Exactly. You're not thinking about all the other things as well.、Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel I, I I personally felt like that throughout my entire undergraduate education. Towards the end, I was a little bit jaded because I was thinking, oh, am I just going to get a job where I have to make cereal? Like in another different flavor、yeah. to please another <laughs> sector of the market, right? But I think it was only after going to grad school and being exposed to all the interesting research that other people were doing, I sort of started thinking about, oh, how does you know gene editing fit into all of this? Yes. How can agriculture be leveraged so that we're using less land,、mm-hmm. land and resources, but still growing enough food for everyone? Yeah, like a lot of the because you did all those work. With,、uh, with with basically geneticists, right? Right. Right. And, right. And so kind of opens up a lot of minds. Exactly.、Uh-huh. Exactly. And it's I think you know even though food science is a multi multi disciplinary subject already, what we actually learn day in and day out is still how do I say this? It's sort of focused on yeah and. I really like your Venn diagram、um, right. visualization here. Right, you can draw five circles of engineering, chemistry, biology, physics,、um, sensory psychology, science, all together. Right, and the overlapping bit of it is food science. But we drill、mm-hmm. such a deep hole just to learn about food, without actually, you know, outreach too much to the other disciplines. Um, that right, much, right? right? Not, and not we don't learn at very surface level, right? Right. Yes, exactly. We're learning a lot of stuff at a surface level. Where also, I do think sometimes you have to understand a subject enough to be able to ask important questions and link it to other concepts, right? But food science is hesitant to say the word "figured out," <laughs> but you kind of get what I mean. Science is never figured out, but in terms of making a product that is consumer acceptable, we pretty much are very good at that in a technical sense, right? Yes, totally. That makes、um, see. This is where I think you, you know. At first, when we were talking about design thinking, we thought you know maybe we just need to ask a better question before we started to solve it. But then, back into how we're. Mm-hmm. Uh, what exactly would you do to ask that better question? It requires you to learn more, right? To right. get exposed to different things. Yeah, to arouse their curiosity and show them what's happening and what's capable. Yes, I agree, and that's I think that's why there almost needs to be like a product innovation or a you know a discipline innovation class, just to you know. Go through the news, go through the some of the papers, and、um, interesting startups to help students to learn more what's going on in this industry. And and you can you can totally have a lot of very interesting topics. I think student would love it, like insect proteins, like what exactly is that? It's not very rocket science, right? At the、uh, at the application、It's、level, not, but I think it's interesting. Right, right, right. But like, if you're teaching about insect protein, they get to learn about agriculture in different parts of the world. They get to learn about 
insect farming and how that works. You get to learn about supply chain. You get to learn about what's culturally acceptable in one country might not be in another. How do you incorporate ingredients mm-hmm. that don't have widespread consumer acceptability yet in small amounts yes. and how to you know leverage that eventually and make it into something mainstream like there's a lot of things to be learned from this topic. yeah like 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 everything that you said you you're like a master of design thinking in terms of talking about these right but right. that's because you have all these exposure already like mm-hmm. you know all these like you can articulate really well of it's it's such a process, right? It's not. It's a just, process. It's a process. It's, a, it's not just to learn about like a different type of protein and its structure. It's not that. It's thinking about it right. in a bigger sense. And I think what helped me a lot to see it this way is through being involved in sort of different food science organizations, writing for a food science blog, etc. But for someone yeah. who is an undergrad and who hasn't been exposed to that world, I think professors can have a very big influence on how students think about these things, right? Like you mentioned just now, potentially sure. having an innovation class, etc. But I think, oh my God, that's my alarm. <laughs> but no I worries. think that yeah. I also think that even when professors are teaching sort of traditional regular classes like food processing or engineering or, you know, food chemistry, there are opportunities to incorporate all of these yeah. sort of recent happenings, how to think about it in a different way. It's sort of these mini lessons into their lesson plan. Exactly. And I think this is what's really adds on value. Right. Right. So, for example, in an expert, um, if you are trying to pick a brand of an expert, um, there are a lot of te- technologies that you can just get out. There, that's pure absorbing, mm-hmm. right? So that's like 100% just knowledge transfer. But on top of that, you, if you're learning from a really bright brain, you're also learning how they're sourcing their information. Like what are the sources that they're getting their information? Right. And what are some of the topics that they follow? And that that really a lot of these topics. Think about it. It's not and and they're because it's food science, right? It's very consumer facing, mm-hmm. and you can say a lot of things. For example, blockchain applications for food traceability and safety. Right. It's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it blockchain itself is very difficult to explain, but some of the applications in food are very obvious mm-hmm. if you just know some basics about blockchain principles. Right. Right. And these type of things were not that difficult to um, to implement in, say, a food safety class, mm-hmm. right, or food food um, microbiology class. Right, right. And a, a lot of it is the same thing, right? Like plant based protein, we've talked about it for two episodes, mm-hmm. and the blooming of Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger, mm-hmm. and the other rest of the the industry, like all these technologies should just be talked about, yeah, and be be shared to undergrad students in a classroom setting. Mm-hmm. Like people might read some news pieces there and here and there, but what's really valuable would be to have a domain expert um, to talk a bit on this topic, right? So, so to share a bit of their opinion, their knowledge right. on a particular um, new things, right? Innovative thing yes. that's actually been there. Because I don't think, to be honest... We've learned, even though, you know, gluten-free was a big topic back in, you know, 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. we never had any formal lecture that was on gluten-free. Right, right. 
You know what? It was all consumer knowledge. What's really interesting to me is that also, I wonder if professors just don't have any incentives to include these material in their lectures, compared to you know, you know, if if I were a very very busy professor and I have grants and I have this and that and I'm teaching this class, I am less likely to you know change my slides every few semesters. To reflect what's going on in an industry, just because I don't have the time,、mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe we need food science departments to sort of provide more incentives for educators to kind of educate. In yeah, or or that might just be its own class, right? One professor's job for teaching that class、mm-hmm. is to decode all of these new innovations, right? And invite、um, other professors from the department、mm-hmm. who have expertise more, on that、um, specific ex- arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this can totally happen at the undergrad level, right? Right, because in the grad level, you have something similar, right? Like current issues or paper reviews. Right, right. We have classes like that. We also have departmental seminars like that, where people from different experts in different fields can come in and talk about their research or their company, etc. But I think、right. that you know that. But that's that's different. That's that's like at the very frontier research、right. domain. It's not for undergraduates. They should really add this class. I would. I. I don't know. I feel like it would be interesting. Yeah, this is. This will be like a very.、Um, it will be a fun class. Eye-opening class. It will be an eye-opening and、right. also a fun class because you're not just memorizing. And it, I think it helps people to figure out what they want to do in future careers. Right, because you get to see so many different things. Exactly. Yeah. And not everyone is privileged enough to like always be able to find an internship every summer. So this is also like a good way to get a glimpse. Into what's possible, but yeah, in the industry, I feel like the problem—not problem, I guess—I have friends who are doing、uh, their food science degree at the undergraduate level right now. I also have been an undergrad in the past, right? I feel like yeah, at least from my perspective, it seems that at the undergrad level, it doesn't. The curriculum really doesn't inspire curiosity. It's sort of well. Learn this, learn that, right? You don't really. Yeah, I think I, I think they started to pick it up after, like after our years. Really? Like maybe in, because they added some type of. I think also in Kansas State, I was involved more with、um, undergrad TA.、Mm-hmm. They had some more of an orientation class, right? To to help you figure like food science one on one, what it is and what can you do with it, right? Type of thing, right, right. But. Like for freshmen who just came in and taking that class, it's still a little different than a junior who has more of a,、um, a, a food science professional knowledge,、mm-hmm. and to put what they learned into some type of、uh, in the news application. Right, right, yeah. It's a different life stage.、Uh-huh. They're at a different stage of their education. I think once you know more. Sometimes you can see more possibilities. Like when you learn a subject at different points in your career, it can have different meaning, right? So exactly, I I think I think that matters a lot. It it can really change a, a person's perspective on his or her future career.、Mm-hmm. I think this will be this will be something that really 
um, like like for example, if we were applying design thinking to a uh, undergraduate food science curriculum, this would be the part that uh, we realize that where the problem is,、mm-hmm. right? So we we spent a lot of time just to realize the problem that、right. it's because people are not really learning or exposed to the bigger picture.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then trying to、uh, and one of our solutions would be to to have this type of、uh, a, a class, right? Right, like a innovation food innovation class or type of current innovations in food science、yeah. type of class. Yeah. And、mm-hmm. something that kind of reminds me of also is when you start working at a bigger food company. A lot of times, the whole problem definition, problem framing,、um, project setup work is done at the sort of more management level, and then that filter down filters down to food scientists and food technologies, just who actually, you know, try to use their technical ability to solve that particular problem. So there's sometimes there's a sort of Disconnect, right, between step one and step two. Whereas I feel like maybe in smaller companies,、um, those two steps are usually a little bit more intimate because they are done by people who are more connected to each other in terms of you know where they lie on the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree, and I think that's also part of the problem. Right, right, which is which is probably even the root cause of why. Schools don't teach everybody all of these things、mm-hmm. because right off the bat, when you graduate, you probably won't use most of them. Right, but because because if you end up in a big company, you're just another brick in the wall. Right, thinking about more particular and detailed、um, problems.、Mm-hmm. But I do,、mm-hmm. but I do think that even in a big company, there is value in having employees who can just. Well, who not only does their work, but can sort of think outside the box a little bit more, right? A lot of times, I think that's what people. That's how you shine, right? right? Right, and also sometimes people who are directly on the floor doing the actual work, they see things that management doesn't see, but it doesn't necessarily get communicated upstream. So if they have, to, that's totally right. If people at the bottom sort of have more autonomy and also have the ability to. Think critical, critically about these things, and feel encouraged、mm-hmm. to sort of like put their ideas out there. I think that's also a better ecosystem for idea generation. Like there was、Definitely. a, I forgot which company it was. It might have been Nestle. It might have been PepsiCo or Kraft. But there was this company that was actually crowdsourcing、um, new product ideas. I think it might have been Nestle from their employees. So whoever, yeah, that's right, and then that's smart. Whoever's idea gets picked, they kind of are able to take time off of their regular role and work on turning that idea into a commercial product, which I thought is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's how seriously that's like that's how like you you can leverage all these.、Um, if you could la- leverage all these resources from your own employees,、mm-hmm. that be that that's like. Gold, right? Yeah, gold standard. And I think, yeah, and I think it was more because、um, I was at the workshop earlier this week. We were talking about where did all these innovation happen, or where do where where do people really find problems? It's the hands-on people. It's the people on the pl- production floor、mm-hmm. that can find all these problems. 
Right. So if you want a newer, you if you're on a newerish, more of it, um, you better teach them design thinking, right, to help them to understand better of what a problem is,、mm-hmm. and they they they're already very experienced of solving particular problems. Right. But the ability of them realizing problems and realizing opportunities would be able to help the company to grow and optimize a lot of process. Definitely, definitely. You basically、mm-hmm. have a lot of brains on the floor doing the work, right? I I think and active brains, active、right? brains, active brains, not only just to solve your problem, right? But also to give you more, right, 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 right. So I, the way I think about、mm-hmm. it is that. Like management have a bird eyes view of what's going on, people on the floor have a microscopic view of what's going on, and then in between,、yeah. there's a little kind of gap. And the people who are actually on the floor, if they are able to fill that gap, if they feel they have the technical, not technical, sorry, if they feel they have the ability and also the confidence to be able to be that gap between management and the floor, I think that's. Valuable to a company always. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> we've had our meat. We have had our meat entree done. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. Dessert,、um, please. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, but good talk. Yeah, this is this is very interesting. We didn't plan this at all. Yeah, no. It, like it went, most, it went to a very good direction. Like most of our episodes, <laughs> this had about five minutes of planning. <laughs>、uh-huh. Yeah. So it was just to fade into our conversation. Yeah. It just starts. Yeah. Okay. Oh,、well, that's great. That's good. I think,、um, I think we have some more exciting topics in the work. In the works, in the works. Certainly. Yes.、Uh, and if you have、uh, questions or ideas, please email us at fihpodcast at gmail dot com. We're always interested to know what you think. 